Cast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood and today looks so good on you. Hey, how you doing today? How's your heart? I'm Julie Norwood Cooper and it's time for another episode of Big Truth. I think this is episode six and we're going to talk about married but not. Had to call in a friend, right? Reinforcement for today's episode because this woman is a dear friend of mine, but she also has a lot of experience about this topic of being married, but not. So I want to introduce you to my friend Jan, and uh, she's going to be with us today on our podcast. Big truth, big hope, big hurts, big chances. Big truth, big dreams, big goals. Big consequences. Big truth. Big love. Big lies. Big choices. Big truth with Pastor Julie Norwood Cooper. So it's been said that marriages are made in heaven, but they're maintained on earth. And all the women said, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about being married today, but not, and I know that almost seems like an oxymoron, right? Because if you're married, you're married. But just because you're married doesn't always mean that you live as a married couple or you adopt the mentality of two becoming one. Today, I called in my friend Jan and I'm like, hey, help me out with this because you got a lot of experience. And let me just say this, you're not the only one going through marital difficulties. Sometimes it seems like it. And then we have that whole guilt or shame element that we have to take into consideration that do we talk about our marriage to someone else? Because then will they, you know, look at our husband differently? Or will they not forget? And then when we make up and everything's wonderful, then they're going to look at him sideways. So there's a lot of layers when it comes to marriage. But our topic today, married but not. Jan, you uh, married later in life. Yes, I didn't get married till I was 50. I never thought I was supposed to get married. I never dated, and I never even thought of myself as getting married, so I just thought it wasn't God's plan for me. But then things in my life changed that I always thought would be a constant, like family would always be around, and suddenly I found myself alone, and so I let loneliness push me into getting married. The ideal marriage that you think you're going to have doesn't always work out. You find yourself more lonely in that marriage than you were before you got married. So first of all, I think that admitting that you were lonely is huge. Bravo, standing ovation for you. That is huge, ladies. Come on. How many of us can really admit that we do get lonely? I have to know, like, did you find this guy on a website? Was it someone that you knew? I had met him years ago when we'd been friends for 20 years or more. We were always just friends. There was always an attraction there, but it still never went beyond friendship. But I always thought, you know, if I really ever seriously considered getting married, he would be the man or the type of man I would want to marry. But I was wrong. (laughs) I don't want to use the word wrong, but maybe just off a little bit. Um, So you and I both love Jesus. And so we know that marriage is something that is God ordained, holy matrimony. But sometimes uh, we have choices in that and we choose whether or not to be married and we choose our partner. So this guy you knew for like 20 years, you guys just reconnected? Yes, we had kept in touch. 
over the years, not all the time, but just every once in a while we would check in with each other to see how we were doing. And at one point we decided we would see how it went far as being more than friends, you know, just seriously considering a relationship. And from there it went to deciding to get married. (laughs) Now, had he ever been married before? No, he had not, and neither had I. So you got married, and marital bliss? Okay, first let's back up. Getting married later in life, we have some expectations as women of what we think our marriage is going to be. Did you have expectations when you went into the marriage? Yes, I thought it would be perfect companionship, romance, of course, um, complete trust in each other. We would never doubt each other, always be there for each other, just the fairy tale, you know. Once you get married, everything falls into place and everything works out and you live happily ever after. Not the case. Um, let's talk about those unmet expectations. Like, when did you realize after you married this Prince Charming that it wasn't going to happen? Very soon, really. I realized he had kept some things secret and that kind of bothered me. I didn't understand why he didn't need to. I thought we were, above all, such good friends that he could tell me anything and then. Unfortunately, realizing that he had kept some very crucial aspects of his life a secret, and when I would question him about it, he really wouldn't be honest with me. He didn't trust me enough to tell me, and that broke my trust in him. So, ladies, I think that we sometimes think that it's us, right? You just said, I don't think he trusted me enough. But can I just tell you, I think that men don't know how to be honest sometimes about their own deficits or their faults, and they don't know how to not be ashamed. And so maybe, and this is just my opinion, it's like a belly button. Everybody has one. (laughs) This is an out. Maybe men that, that hold things back, because you're not the only one. Men have held things back from women that they've married from the beginning of time and probably till Jesus comes. I think they don't know how to deal with it. And so they just don't deal with it. And then they think it'll just go away because they're getting married now. And they, it doesn't matter. Or I don't know. We could make up any kind of excuse why why people do what they do. But I want to just say that don't think that it was you, that he didn't trust you enough. I don't think he could be honest with himself first, to be honest with you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I can see that because sometimes it's like he wouldn't face things or he was trying not to face them, I guess. If he just ignored them, it would go away. Would you say that um, your husband was emotionally available to you as a married man should be to his wife? No, I don't think he was, because when I would try to talk to him, or he would just suddenly go quiet. It's like he didn't really want to tell me anything. He didn't want to talk about anything of any importance. And I'm the type of person that, no matter how bad it is, I want to know, because then I can deal with it. By refusing to talk to me, that just made it that much harder for me. Our topic today is married, but not. Jan in studio with me today, and we're talking about how she married later in life and uh, what she thought she was going to get into just really didn't come to fruition. And how do we deal with that? But how about um, when a man isn't emotionally available to you, there's some there's some signs that we need to pay attention to. Well, he would sit there when we were trying to talk and he would just basically tune me out. And I would ask him if he were listening. Yeah, I'm listening. But then he wouldn't. And when I'd ask him a question that really would be an, needed an answer, he would just not answer. And that would either irritate me <laughs> 
or hurt me. So I whipped between both emotions. And so that caused anger in me and made me resent him. And then if I did keep pushing him to it, he gave me an answer. He would get angry at me because I made him tell me the truth. So then it was my fault. I shouldn't have made him tell me the truth. <laughs> I think they call that deflecting. <laughs> well, let me take the attention off of me <laughs> and put it on you so I don't have to I don't have to look at me. I mean, that's really frustrating. It is. Yes, it is. Especially when you're being serious, you know, and you're truly trying to talk to him. It's like, okay, I just want to talk. Just tell me what you think or what's going on with you. But he didn't want to, and he would supposedly be going somewhere just down the road for a few minutes. He'd be gone for two hours at a time, you know. And I know that was to not have to talk to me. <laughs> so that was one of the issues, too. I didn't mind him being gone, you know. I didn't need him to tell me every little thing he was doing, but I needed to have a general idea, especially if I was waiting on him to come back. <laughs> you know, we were supposed to be doing something, and that would cause problems because then again— he would get angry. I'm, I've never had to tell people, explain myself to people before, so why am I having to do it now, you know? And so it was just different issues. And then, too, he would just hide things, and I would find out later that he had kept things hidden. He didn't want to be connected with me, so he wanted everything to be separate. It was his and mine. There was no ours, and that bothered me because I went into the marriage with an our mentality. That was the whole point in getting married at this point in my life was the companionship and the having someone and being part of somebody and feeling like I could trust somebody and somebody cared, but he made me feel like I was alone that he didn't care. And whatever happened, I was standing on my own. He didn't have my back, so to speak. And that came from all that. I think in the most honest and truest sense of holy matrimony, that's what marriage is, is having each other's back. And I can just almost imagine in some ways how that feels. And you want to be connected to become one, but it isn't possible when one person isn't available. And so uh, today's topic, married but not. What do you do when the person that you've decided to marry has said yes to you at the altar, has agreed to the vows and the charge of the marital responsibilities, but then won't take responsibility for the marriage? That's a hard pill to swallow. So I got to ask, why do you think you got married? Well, I used to ask him that. and He finally told me he thought I'd take care of him. And that's why he wanted to get married. What? He thought you would take care of him? That was the primary reason, yes. <laughs> I got to say, that's like not too far off. I mean, I think that that's the motive for some people is that companionship, yes, but also that we'll have someone there to have our back and take care of us. But I'm so sorry, because it needs to be mutual. It can't just be a take, take, take situation. It has to be a give and take. Um We'd been married for a while, and we were having problems. I mean, we always had problems, but we'd actually considered separating. And I would ask him about it, and he'd say, no, he, he wanted to stay married. So I would ask him, well, why did you get married? Why did you want to get married? And so it took a while, but he finally admitted, I thought you would take care of me. And it kind of reminded me, after all these years, that my parents divorced, and the only thing my mother would ever say against, I call him her ex-husband, because he was never my dad. But, but he was your dad. Yeah, he was my dad, but they biologically, they divorced or separated when I was a year, and then I think at that time, the divorce came through when I was about two. And I had brothers and sisters that he did not support, but um, the only thing she would say negative about him was that he did not want the responsibility of a family. And it's taken a while, but I finally realized that was my marriage. I had married that man. He wanted a wife, but he did not want the responsibility of being a husband. It hurt me a lot. 
because I thought the years of friendship we had that he respected me and cared about me more than that, but he didn't. Do you think that he didn't, or do you think that he didn't know how, so therefore he couldn't? I'm not sure. Part of me thinks he just doesn't know how, but then there's a part of me saying, well, just because he didn't feel that way about you doesn't mean he's that way with everyone. So I'd have to think, well, maybe it's really just me. Thank you for being honest and um, transparent, and I think what you said is key, that common decency doesn't necessarily have to be taught, right? And when you're married, there should be at least a bottom basement level of just having courtesy for one another and being kind. And and I'm putting words in your mouth because maybe this isn't it, but I can imagine you felt rejected a lot of the time. And that's not good on any level. And especially in a marriage, we shouldn't feel rejection from our spouse when we're wanting something from them. So I want to ask, Jan, how long were you all married? Over 10 years, and we actually lived apart over half that time. So we were separated, not legally, but we didn't live together for, well, six years. And you've divorced since then. When did you decide? When when was your aha moment that this isn't working for me? and I need to get out. Well, I would keep asking him if he wanted a divorce, if we were ever going to you know, basically live together as a married couple, and he would always say no, he didn't want a divorce. But I realized he was content with us being separated. That wasn't enough for me. I felt like we were making a mockery out of marriage, you know. Um, we supposedly got married for companionship to have someone, and I didn't have him, and it was never going to change. So I finally accepted that he was happy with the way things were, but it was never going to be right for me. So it was time to let him go. I was the one holding on to the hope that eventually we would have the marriage, that it would work. I mean, I don't know, overnight, somehow God would work a miracle, and he would decide he wanted to be married to me. But I was the one with that hope and he didn't want it. So yes, we finally divorced. We still keep in touch. We're still friends, but now we're back to the friendship relationship. You know, I feel like we came full circle. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. People are always asking me to explain my marriage and I really can't. Just to say it didn't take. <laughs> so for you, Jan, your decision to get out of this 10 plus year marriage um, of not really being married was a personal decision. And I, as we close out this and finish uh, packing this up today, I want to encourage you that every marriage is different. Every marriage is unique. And I promise you, every marriage is not perfect. In fact, I don't know of any marriages that are perfect, but we can find a marriage and build a marriage that will work for us, but it does take two. And so if you're in that situation today, I encourage you to stay steady and pray, seek counsel, get therapy, counseling, whatever you need to do to make a decision that will benefit you. Because to throw the towel in is a huge thing, but to stay married, but not is a huge thing. So it's an individual decision for every circumstance. Before we close, Jan, tell us some lessons that maybe you learned through this marriage. I guess the biggest thing it's something I always knew, but I never really experienced it, is you cannot make someone love you. No matter how hard you try, you can't make them trust you. You can't make them respect you. If they don't, nothing you can do can change that. Um, We were both Christians, but the issues were within ourselves. And sometimes I think maybe we just didn't want it badly enough to make it work. But then other times I think I did everything I knew to do, so I didn't know anything else to try. If it's not there, it's just not going to work. And then I think, well, 
I never thought I was supposed to get married. So maybe that was the lesson for me, is I went against what I believed. I let loneliness push me into that. And really, I should have just rolled out the loneliness, and our lives would have been a lot different. I still love him. I probably always will. But sometimes love, in the natural sense, is not enough if the person is not willing to meet you halfway. And I think that's the biggest lesson. Like I said, there was a part of me that's always known that, but I never really experienced it because of the way I grew up. I grew up in a home where I felt safe and protected. You know, and if you trust people, if you're honest with people, if you love people, they'll always return it. But sometimes that's not the case, and that's a hard thing to take. Again, I want to thank you for being honest and transparent, even vulnerable. Um, I have to ask, Jan, will you get married again? No, I won't. I still believe God keeps reminding me you're supposed to stay single. (laughs) You heard it right here. (laughs) She's single and not willing to mingle. God bless you. Thank you again for being a part of Big Truth, Married But Not. Till next time, be sure to share this with someone else, please. And thank you. God bless you and live Big Truth. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.